Welcome to the E&S Wolves podcast with your host, Nathan Judah, and Wolves correspondent, Tim Spears. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 117. It's the E&S Wolves podcast. I'm Nathan Jude. I'm here with Tim Spears. Um, Tim, we've been doing this job at the Express and Star for four and a half years. Oh God, here we go. 14 years in this industry. And I've got to say, filming the Wolves podcast, recording the Wolves podcast, having our own little little mini Wolves family, is probably one of the, one of the biggest highlights um, so far. Working uh, with me, working with you, doing these, doing the live poddies, having the our, our little peeps listening every single week. This is the highlight of my week, and yet for the first time ever, I've not been looking forward to record this episode. Not going to swear, but mother fudger. Nice. Tim Spears, how's yep. it going? Uh, 14 years in the industry. Does that count your Nickelodeon little spell there? Uh, no, or? it doesn't. No, no. Yes. I, I, exclu- I excluded those <laughs> that, that, those 18 months of freelance. Um, yeah, look, it still hurts. I'll be honest. It's still, I'm still... I'm not as deflated as I was 14 two... years? It doesn't show at all. Well, it, well, it, it, <laughs> it's show, show, it, it showing the smile doesn't lines. doesn't your appearance, but... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Have you seen the... Seen the Look at these bad boys. Oh, oh my. Are you, old you're school. not still wearing those trousers. No, no, no. I bought some new ones, but they're in the wash, so yeah, I've gone old school. How, how have you. Have you? He's got a ripped, a very, very ripped pocket. A very ripped pocket. How, how have you done that? Shredded. Um, I think just wear, just general wear and tear, Tim. Where, what, shoving. What have you shoved in your pockets to make them more Slunging and foam rolling, you know, as you do. Um, Why are you wearing those? Because I've got no other trousers left, man. We're not all on your wages. How many uh, how many pairs of trousers do you own? About four. Do you? Suit trousers. Maybe yeah. five, but yeah. two are two are for two are for special occasions. You One's look, for the races. You look a mess. I do look a mess. I look dishevelled. I'm disgusting at the moment. And to be honest, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I don't care. I'm 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 still I'm still flabbergasted. To be honest, uh, it's been um, it's been a tough week actually. It has been a tough week, and I went to the. Former Players Association dinner last night, and it's all everyone could talk about. Really, really is uh, is what the hell happened? And uh, there's, there's um, podcast it, live timings always done very well against uh, Manchester United and yeah. and, and, and post Chelsea. Uh, former Players Association, not so much. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just uh, it's just regrets. What might have been, nobody really knows quite how to. Um, Move on, I think. In the old classic manager speak, yes, um, you want a game quickly to get out of your system, I think, and a week to wait for Southampton away. Not the most appetising of games. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you, you, you wanted a game on Tuesday night, really, to get out of the system. And I'm sure the players feel the same. I bet it's been hard mm. to lift them. I mean, if, if the fans are feeling like this... And the journalists and the Middlesbrough fans are feeling like this. Yes, very then, much so. Then what must the players, and indeed Nuno, be thinking? Because it's been a year and a half, almost two years of constant success and victories. And this is a crushing blow. Um, so, well, j- just from, from seeing them firsthand on Sunday in the mix zone after the game, the players, some of them very close to tears... Uh, some of them couldn't even look at us, which, which isn't the first, I know. But, but, it, <laughs> but um, as you were, then. <laughs> but even Connor Cody, Mister Mister Stop and Talk, every single week, he just he just couldn't do it. 
Ruddy couldn't do it. Um, Dendonka was speaking to, to Belgian TV. Uh, we managed to get a couple of quick questions in English and he had to stop. I, I, th- I think he was going to burst into tears. It was um, it was horrendous. And like I said, it'll take a while to get over. There's no there's no sugarcoating it, is it? I mean, just, I mean there were so many fantastic things to happen that weekend. Do you know what I mean? It was it was a, it was a great build up. Wolves literally took over London. Oh, every single honestly, station. I think, I think the city was buzzing. It yeah. was you know I didn't even see a Watford fan. No, like you know outside the game, the Wembley, everyone around it. I actually, think that outside of the stadium was actually better than inside the stadium. But outside the stadium, you know, we were at the fan zone chatting away. It was literally a sea of colour, and it was all wolves. It was absolutely sensational. Yeah, I think the the geographical position of Watford meant that a lot of their fans didn't really turn up till a, till a bit later. Obviously, there were fewer, well, like seven o'clock on the night. <laughs> there were fewer of them there, so I mean, I turned up at about twelve ish, four hours before kick off, and Wembley was already mm. awash with with wolves fans and uh, making so much noise. Most of them were absolutely trollied at that point Smashed anyway. Smashed to smithereens. Um, flares, songs, chants, shouting. Um, it, was all, it was all happening. It flares, was a, song, chants, shouting. It was all happening, mate. All happening. Um, everyone was in such a good mood. And yeah, we spent a bit of time, didn't we? Um, we happened to see each other. I think it was a coincidence, really. Out, out of yes. 30,000 people that were there. Yes, we did. Managed to bump into you. And um, you were lot- like, oh. God. Yeah, can't get away from him. And lots of fans coming up to us, and it, well, you know, sometimes it can be a bit oh, when when you're on a night out and everyone's just approaching you. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. this was lovely. It was very nice. Which lots, to... lots of nice, nice things being said. Everyone in a great mood. Yeah, quietly confident, but ex- lots of lots of potty pit listeners as well, which is great. Yeah, totally. But expecting and and looking forward to the day. It was great to meet so many of you guys. And some really nice stories as well, particularly from some of the old timers. I don't think you were there at this point, but some chap come up to me and said he was there in 1960, the last time Wolves played an FA Cup final at Wembley. And he said it was his dream to take his children, I think it was his daughter, to to see Wolves at Wembley. And he was he was getting quite emotional actually. And he was he was he, he was like, I, I, I can die happy tomorrow. Yeah, I brought my daughter here to see Wolves at Wembley. Awesome. Um, lo- lots lots of little stories like that, and. From yeah, from even the night before as well. I was down in London the night before. Lots of Wolves fans out and about, and yeah, did chicken dinner. <laughs> it just and just so uh, the whole build up and the whole day up yeah. until up until about what half five, whatever mm. it was, was just perfect. And then when they went two 0 up, there was there was a just a, a, a belief that that they were going to win, and because Nuno's Wolves don't throw leads away, not so, not not a shadow. Of doubt, no, and not in an arrogant way. No. Just, just what what we've all become accustomed to, yeah. really. So, at full time after after they'd imploded, I didn't really notice many tears or 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 not much anger. You know, there was a couple of scuffles outside, but not much anger. That was fueled by the booze, obviously. Mm-hmm. But what what there was was just um, a stunned silence amongst everybody. Really, people behind the scenes, fans, players, just stunned. I don't think anybody could really take in what had happened and that's been the theme of the week really you know they've had they've probably had more final devastating defeats like playoffs um, or relegation when it's last game of the season and it's you've got to stew on that for a few months and that's devastating because nothing you can do about it 
this one. There, there was a there was a there was a bit of that. There, there was a, there was a lot of we'll be back next year, but it was more just stunned at what had happened. Nobody could quite believe it. And like you say, it was the, it was the manner of the defeat, wasn't it? It wasn't you know it wasn't a, a gradual comeback. This this was a, this was eleven minutes to go, um, and you know just yeah. And you could see, you could, well, you could see it coming. I mean, I know Wolves started extra time well, but there was only one winner for me sure. from the full time whistle, and it was kind of reflected in the stands. Really, there's been a bit of, bit of um, Twitter spats this week amongst fans as to how kind of quiet they were. Got to say, it was noticeably quiet, and I spoke to a few fans about it, and they said, "A, everybody was was stunned after that first goal onwards. Mm-hmm. Really, it was quiet in the Wolves end, noticeably quiet, and B." Um, the way that the stadium was, the way the fans were all positioned, it was hard to get um, songs going. And there wasn't really that kind of rousing, come on boys, let's go again, from the fans. Well, what Watford um, had their own singing section, didn't they? Did, they? Which, which, you know was, what? which, to be what? fair, was mocked. But in the end, you tell know, you what, when you look at it... We can all take the piss out of it, but I thought it worked really well. Mm-hmm. And they had, uh, they had a couple of drummers, and they had about 2,000 fans constantly stood up throughout the game, right in the centre. Yeah, of the, right in the centre behind the goal, yeah. It worked. Mm-hmm. It worked really well. Now, you shouldn't have to be kind of artificial that way but do, do you feel that maybe there's a there's a way I don't know whether you can do it but but almost giving the different stands at Molyneux a, a certain section to get tickets if they want to so yeah, the South Bank can have a section talking to someone about that last night there may be yeah, stick a load of the South Bankers together to help to help generate that noise I mean, yeah I'm not you can never tell if it had an, an actual effect on the game and if, and if it fed through to the players but there was generally kind of a lack of belief I think in extra time that, that it was going to be Wolves' day yeah um you know, we, we can talk to death about the substitutions and who was off the pitch and who was on the pitch. Do you feel that Nuno made mistakes? Well, I'm sure in hindsight he wouldn't do that now knowing the score, but do you feel that at the time that the, the substitutions were happening, were they understandable substitutions? I mean, if, if Wolves go and win that game 2-1, then no one talks about them. But obviously, nature of the beast, um, three of Wolves' best four or five players were off the pitch in extra time. I mean, if Dendonka doesn't trip Dini... Nuno's tactical genius for helping see the game through. However, even when they were 2 0 up and looking the more likely scorers for a third on the break, I still thought they sat a bit too deep here and they're inviting pressure on. And then, which I guess is sort of natural, and that's not what Nuno would have been instructing, I don't think. Um, and then the substitutions, I mean, we said at extra time, you know, Jota and Neves off the field, two of your most creative players. I could understand the Bennett one because there were a lot of crosses corners and long throws now at this point yeah uh, like 2-1 it was I could understand that I mean Sace wins a lot in the air um, so you still want him on the field but Bennett for Neves I could, I could understand that to help to help see the game through sure because that's what it was at that stage but and Neves hasn't had the best game either let's be honest no he hadn't and then but the Jota one I don't mm. understand unless he was out on his feet and couldn't move and he doesn't last 90 minutes too often but to bring on Cavalero with three minutes to go I didn't didn't see the logic in that because Cavalera is not a defensive-minded player. If it's just helped to relieve pressure, stretch the game, then that's what Jota had done all half. You know, he he would just run and run at them. He was he was Wolves' best player for me. He would either run into their half and win a foul, which happened a lot, or create a chance. But either way, he'd be relieving pressure. He'd be running upfield on his own. So to take him off, unless he was absolutely shattered, then I didn't get that one. Well, one, it was. didn't look like it was shattered to me. I, in fact, I, and actually, when, when Wolves went 2-0 up, I know that obviously they pulled a goal back, Watford, but that was, I think, Watford's, sorry, Wolves' best best period of play. They looked like to be, to be you know, they're more likely to, to score the next goal. Um, but if they're going to relieve that, then wouldn't you bring Traore on to, to bang it down the line and get him to run on the end of a, you know, 
of, yeah. of, of, a, of a no hoper, knowing that he can probably get there and hold the ball up. Well, well, probably not hold the ball up, but but create something yeah. at, at Man United away when it was one all, and Troyer came on and frightened the life out of them and put Wolves on the massively under the cosh with about ten minutes to go. At Old Trafford, Troyer came on. And Wolves suddenly looked like the more likely winners mm-hmm. because um, he was frightening the life out of them on the break. Cavalera's not really necessarily going to do that. So, yeah, Nuno, um, I think I think he made a couple of mistakes. And I think that he's got so much credit in the bank, rightly so. They didn't really get a huge amount of stick from the fan base. A lot of them were kind of saying, yes, he made a mistake, but we all make mistakes. Now, that's a very um, reasoned approach mm. to having lost an FA Cup semi-final. But the guy's got so much credit in the bank, like I said, that he got a bit of criticism. And, and I think rightly so. Um, would he have done something different in hindsight? Yes, probably. Um, hot or not, I'll, I'll just I'll just put them together because, you know, like, I don't want to go over and over this, this game, really. But, but... No, but, but yeah, it's... I tell you, I tell you what, right? Something, something which we we were miserable in the evening, weren't we? We, we, we were, we were. <laughs> we, we got we got thrown out of Wembley. Yeah. Um, rocked up in the Hilton Hotel. We did to finish off work. Uh, nice couple of drinks. Um, <laughs> Very nice couple of drinks. But we were glum. I've got to say, I've got to bring this up primarily primarily because I want to tweet the picture out. Oh. But um, <laughs> I was thinking at that point, nothing, nothing's going to cheer me up here. No, nothing. No. Um, and then. <laughs> I kind of asked you what what you've been up to in London uh, <laughs> for the previous couple of days, and you were saying uh, nice time with your missus, went to see yeah. a musical, yeah, very much. You were like, so, yeah. brunch, to, brunch um, in Chelsea, been to take the dogs for a little groom, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> I asked you what on earth you're doing with your dogs, and then you said, <laughs> what's the, what's the official word? You're giving your, your dogs some. Well, they, they go they, they go for. Um, so they go for their, their their normal groom as they do in Chelsea once a month, and um, they get their they get their nails clipped, and they get um, they get like a, like a blueberry facial, and then this time they've got a new service where do you want your anal glands clean? <laughs> so you know at this at this point I'm like well yeah in for a penny in for a pound. Let's, uh, let's well, what about the dog? <laughs> well, yeah, don't say. But I'll be honest, he enjoyed it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Because you were saying how, how he did... We were laughing anyway, because he'd had this, this anal glanding, as you put it. And then, uh, and then you got a picture on your phone. And you were like, well, he looked like he enjoyed it. And Judy showed us this picture of, his, of basically a dog smiling, which is... <laughs> it just looks so funny. I'm going to tweet it out with the podcast. Please, I head, don't think head, I've got it anymore. Head, please say you have. Get it, off, uh, get it off your missus. Head to Twitter if Judah can find it. Um, uh, I think I might have. <laughs> Do you know what? Your missus put it on Instagram. Um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll have it. I'll tweet it out. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, goodness me. Yeah, absolutely horrific. Um, no sushi for you. You didn't join me for sushi either. I didn't get invited. You did get invited. I, I keep inviting you to sushi. I did not get invited. I did. No. I did. I was too busy with um, podcast friend James Fielding. Oh, of course. finding my wife in London. <laughs> how, did, how did that go down? Not very well. Oh, dear. We, we, try, we try, tried a few women. And just, just, I bet you what, tried just, the one. <laughs> <laughs> we tried a few. Flung them to one side. No, just a few. Hashtag kind of, me too. Kind of polite shakes of the head, really. But, what, um, from the women? Yeah, but we'll... Uh, <laughs> Oh well, please wait. tell me, give me, give me, give me, give me your best. Well, he, well he's very, he's very picky, isn't he? He is very picky. Yeah. Find field too, and a too wife. Too picky, too picky. Yeah. Hashtag find field and a wife. 
trending on Twitter. Yeah, I had a nice nice few drinks with James Field and, and there were so many people down there. My dad was there. Mm, Doc, Dr. Spears. I can't believe he got a ticket. He's only been to about four games this season. I was so happy, so happy for him he got to go. I, got, I had 12 of them <laughs> from Switzerland. <laughs> um, like two of my best mates were there. Loads of people I know. It was... Um, it was, that's lo- why it was lovely. That's, that's why, why you like, want you want to re- like look. Man City, they'll obviously be massive underdogs, but you just want to have that again, don't no, but you? But that was the other thing because we were watching the Man City game in the bar on the Saturday night, and mm. they were bang average, and yeah. we were kind of just thinking, you know, that we could win this in the final. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're totally beatable. Yeah. So you'll never get a better chance to get to an FA Cup final. You know, two 0 up against Watford with ten minutes to go. That's what hurts. I know. I completely agree and understand the argument that this is just the start for Wolves. We hope. And there's plenty more to come. However, they could be a, they could end up being a top six team, um, in maybe in the near future yeah. and for many years to come. Mm-hmm. And I still still getting to the FA Cup final is is a hard thing to do, and to be in that position. They and don't it's moving out. the semi final now. It's going to be away from Wembley soon. Is that correct? I don't know. I think they're trying to do that. So you never know. I mean, look. I mean, like like what you say like, is that the Wolves are going to be within the top eight favourites to win the FA Cup next year. So so by rights, you know the the bookies are predicting them to, to hit a quarter no, final. No, so it's totally. not it's no, not to- out the realm no, of possibility, no, but it is frustrating. But it sort of felt like the name was on the trophy this year, and coming back from. 2-0 down at Shrewsbury with 15 minutes to go, you know, stoppage time equaliser, the Man United game, you know, phenomenal. It'd be hard to replicate that. Mm. And teams will see Wolves coming next year now. Yeah. And if they're, yeah. if they're playing top six teams, and this is an issue for the league as well, of course, that in a one-off game, you know, they'll look to counter Wolves. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen issues in the past with, you know, tried and tested formation and, and might have to try and tinker it and change it. So they'll see them coming next year and it'll be harder it'll be harder to replicate everything they've done this season next season which is why it's such a uh, missed opportunity I think Cavs got it, it hurts a lot and speaking yeah, to no, Nick, Nick, yeah. Nick Elwell on the sports desk oh, he's gutted, yeah. who's been to the last five semi-finals now oh. go all the way going back to three in the 70s in oh. 1998 and, and he says this this feels by far the worst really so there's no getting around it <clears throat> there's not there's no. and uh I think just because like all the Watford fans came last minute and they were all like, yeah, this could be a good game. We yeah. were they were they went massively. I mean, so some someone were up for it, but it's just it was almost like I was I was at Watford on the Friday and everyone was like friendly and just picking yeah. up tickets. You know what I mean? And it was almost like a day out. And they were just yeah. like, it's, it's well, just you know what I mean. It just meant a lot more for, from our point of view. I, I, I think it felt that way. I mean, every club's every club's different. Um, they're not always going to be as as, as passionate as, mm-hmm. as Wolves fans, but. For Wolves to be the only ones to sell out their allocation as well was, was a big thing for me. You know, Watford, Brighton, not even Man City, although I understand why, you know, couldn't sell their tickets. So it sort of felt like it meant more to Wolves. Um, you, Brighton and Watford fans would tell you differently, but that's how it felt. And like I said, it felt like the name was on the trophy. And yeah, as you say, the man, the manner of the defeat, nobody saw it coming. If there's one positive takeaway from the game, it's that um, it gets you talking about uh, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. it's been brought in. So, I mean, obviously it's been talked to death and I don't think I'm going to do too much about it. But um, where do you stand on the mask situation? If they'd won, it doesn't matter. Nobody's no. talking about it. It's, no. a, it's a great fun celebration. So why should the result change that? For me, um, for me, you take away, you know, the culture and, uh, uh, and whatever. I just think it's a celebration. It's a fun celebration. You know, you have all these these choreographed celebrations these days. It's just exactly the same. He's picked it up and put it on his head. It's, it's, it's a great bit of theatre. We're all here to enjoy the sport. I mean, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, what's the difference? You know, Deeney giving it the massive knee slide after he scored his penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they'd gone and lost, would everyone be saying, oh, he looks no. stupid for over-celebrating? No, of course not. So it's just an extension of that, really. It's something fun that he wanted to do. I mean, it looks a bit silly because they lost. 
Well, however, he was tweeting about it the next day, him and this, so he obviously doesn't feel that silly. It's a massive storm in a teacup. Luther bliss it, oh. being a proper moron. But they need to, to don't they, to get the, to get their time and to get the name because no no one cares about them really now anymore. So they've got to they've got to get the name <laughs> or somewhere somewhere on the TV and in the headlines. So let, let's let's do a stupid take. Uh, Paul Ince, I'm, I'm not I'm doing my love it, but just Paul Ince is the same. Paul Ince does some ridiculous things, but you know, oh there, oh that's Paul Ince. He's still here. Oh Paul Scholes, he's still here. Ridiculous things, stupid comments. The D- the Deeney comments are kind of understood because that's that's the way he is. His fiery character is extremely competitive, and he and he uses any means that he can to get one over on the opposition. And and it was heat of the heat of the battle after after the game. And to be fair, he was very complimentary about Jimenez as well. He said he's the nuts. He called him, and he just but that's kind of got cut a, out slightly, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He what I mean? Well, he said he said what he said, but um, it's a massive storm in a teacup. There's far more important things to worry about. I, I, and you know, even if, if if a Watford player had done it, I think we'd be saying exactly the same. It just, just looks looks a bit silly because they lost. But really, you know, what's the harm in it? I mean, I'm going to say something that probably a lot of people will go, absolutely not. Don't you be stupid. Um, but and I'm saying a type. Wolves could do and would do a lot worse with a Troy Deeney type player yeah, totally. to back up Raul Jimenez next season. I think that's exactly the player. Someone someone who's no frills, who who gets there, who knows how to score a goal, who can lead, who can win headers, who's not necessarily have to be the, the you know, in the six yard box, otherwise he's he's not deadly, he can score, you know. Penalties. He's got a little bit of beef about him, and I think he's perfect. That that kind of player will be perfect for Wolves next year. Yeah, the more the more characters you've got like that, the better. And and the only probably one that Wolves have got is is Connor Cody along along those kind of lines. Mm-hmm. Although you know Dean is a lot more of a kind of a nas- nasty player, so to speak. But yeah, he's one of those, isn't he? You, if he's on your team, you absolutely love him. But if he's if he's not, then you don't. And he's he's not just just um, putting Wolves to one side and, and having a go with them. I mean, Gareth Southgate got his OBE um, at, the, at the Palace um, the, the same week, and he's and then the same day he criticises Gareth Southgate. Gareth Southgate, the untouchable at the moment, as, as you know, you can understand, saying it's a disgrace why A, B, and C are not in the England squad from the Watford you know, from Watford side. So he just he's asked for an opinion, he'll give it. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's refreshing. People won't agree with it, but at the same time, I think ability-wise, you can't knock him. Really, he's, he's made the best of what he's got. No, and giving his opinions is is refreshing. But, but whether you agree with it or not, and all this abuse he's had is is absolutely horrendous, to be honest. And if, you don't want to shut players up, you don't want to sanitise them. I, th- I think he's a breath of fresh air. Um, how many Sinkara masks are we going to see at, uh, at Watford? Do you reckon they'll be banning them? Because all the Wolves fans are going to wear it at Watford, aren't they? So can you can you give me a brief guide to who this man is? Sinkara, WWE Mexican superstar, is very well known for wearing um, wearing these masks, which which you know I think Rey Mysterio um, started started uh, off. Uh, I had a terrible match at WrestleMania, by the way. Terrible match, match. at WrestleMania. Yeah, match at I mean, WrestleMania. I mean drama. Oh please. Let's 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 not be, uh, okay, let's be silly right, now, okay. Tim. Okay. Um, so he sent him. He sent him. Um, obviously. You know, both huge in Mexico. We know Jimenez is huge in Mexico. He sent him a three a million wolves. Twitter followers. Yeah, Raul Jimenez, huge, unbelievable, almost, almost as many as you to to wear. And obviously, he's got it out. I think he's got it in both ends. He's got it underneath the towel. Puts it on. Everyone goes crazy. You can be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the beautiful thing was, you know, yes. at the time when they go tuning it up, it's, it's yep. WrestleMania on the night as well. So it's just right. it's the perfect time. Oh, Everything well, was, was great. Thing. I was up for a few drinks. We we're enjoying ourselves in the Hilton. Yeah. Uh, Judah, fancy another one? No, I'm going back to the hotel to watch wrestling for five hours. <laughs> it was five hours. It was five and a half hours actually by the end of it. Um, wow. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you, I tell you what? What about the 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 the, the two ladies kicked off in the uh, in the Hilton afterwards as well? Ejected. In- interesting. It was interesting. But I felt sorry for these two ladies. So we're obviously not from. Um, not what you saying at the time. Not, Clish descent. They're not listening. It's all right. Walk into walk into the Hilton Hotel. Um, we must have, you know, I'm sure they're, they're booking a nice hotel. They're looking. Oh, let's stay at the Hilton. Um, you know, it's in London somewhere. They rock up to this Hilton. They go downstairs to the bar for a nice, lovely drink. Maybe before their 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 tour excursion tomorrow. And they walk into a load of absolutely smashed to pieces. Wolves fans, half cut and frustrated at nine ten p.m. Um, and there was a few ice ice uh, throwing incidents as we were finishing off our laptops, and they were the ones who got ejected. Yeah, um, how can I put this? Uh, yeah, uh, go on, because I tried to and I didn't. Well, it's, well, they're not listening. It's fine. It's Kim Kardashian gone wrong, basically, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, yes, it was. Uh, the, uh, uh, majorly the, wrong. The definition of of the word jello, I think. Yes. No, but that's. I mean, that's fine. But the, it was just. It was really weird, wasn't it? It was very prominent. It was very prominent. Yes, with skin tight jeans on. I mean, they weren't shy. No, they weren't shy. Uh, Go on, keep on, keep no, on digging. <laughs> they were interesting characters. Anyway, yeah. the Wolves fans stayed in, and then they got chucked out. So I'm sure they had a lovely night and, and enjoy London very, very much. Um, right. So, I mean, at least uh, the race for seventh is still on. Unfortunately now, not only um, have they got Watford to contend with for seventh, but they've also got Watford can take it away from them after the season regardless. I mean, yeah. It's a bizarre situation. Yeah. Uh, this Do you is... want to say the, the, the situation, uh, you know, of, of European football and the way it stands at this moment in time? Yeah, this is, well, this is the theme of the next few weeks now. So, obviously, they can only qualify via finishing seventh, but seventh only... only um, earns you European football if a team above you in the table has won the FA Cup in which case um, in this case Man City so if Man City win the Cup the team that finishes 7th are in the Europa League if Watford win the Cup then yeah. they'll be in it and the team that finishes 7th won't, won't get anything now for a lot of for a lot of people this will be a blessing in disguise because I know uh, there's a there's a growing kind of consensus amongst a lot of fans that it's too soon for Europe and Wolves' small squad won't be able to cope and they're inviting uh, a few kind of problems on themselves if they were in Europe. On the other side of it, I don't think you get to pick and choose when you can play in the Europa League. I think no. it would be an absolutely huge thing for Wolves to be in Europe again for the first time since 1981. I think it would be a fantastic adventure. But from Nuno's point and of view... And I think they could do quite well in it as well, the Europa League. I, I don't see I, any reason I why think not. they could. They'd have, to have, they'd have to work on the squad in the summer. But yeah. I'd be fascinated. I mean, he'd never talk about it until the season's done. So there's no point even asking him. No. But I'd be fascinated to hear what Nuno thinks about this. You know, if Wolves finish seventh at the end of the season, who who will he be cheering on in the cup final? Um, because they certainly won't kind of give up over the next few weeks. They'll want to finish as high as they can. How do you but mean who will be cheering? Surely, surely be cheering on Man City. But is but is Europa League a poison chalice from from a from a managerial point of view and from the players' point of view for, for next season? You know, we all Wolves are very very different to Burnley, and but we all saw what happened to them and other clubs. We've seen it happen to bigger clubs in the past. West Ham being an example where the Europa League's had a detrimental effect on the league season. So I'd I'd love to know what Nuno really thinks. Does is he desperate to get into Europe? Is it a natural part of Wolves' progression, or is it a year too soon? And the opinion amongst fans is is, is split on that. So we'll see what happens in the next in the next few weeks. It's going to be a massive ask to get up from here and to get them up for Southampton. I'm 
cannot wait to see the first ten minutes of Saturday's game. Well, we'll come where are the... Wolves at? I know we'll talk about it later, but 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 in general for the next few weeks Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Where are they at? Can they lift these players? Is he going to have to make a few changes? And what's going to happen for the next few weeks? Because it's going to be very competitive to finish seventh. There's only one point separating four teams. They've got a tough run. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got Watford away, which is looking like a big game, and. I think Wolves, there'll be no problem getting Wolves up for that one, by the way. Um, that'll be a revenge mission, whatever's happening Absolutely. in the league. But they've got Liverpool away on the last day. So if if they're going to finish seventh, they've got to be confirmed in seventh pretty much by that last game of the season. Because if Liverpool are in a title race, you're not going to go to Anfield and get something in all likelihood. So a big few weeks um, for the race for seventh. And further depressing, um, the fact that I checked the Premier League table, I didn't realise that Leicester had gone seventh uh, yeah. this weekend as well, which is frustrating. I have got, I have got the um, obviously Wolves have got the game in hand as well. So, but, yeah. But um, less, I've got the fixtures for the last few. I'm not going to go through them. We'll probably do that next week um, about maybe some predictions. But Leicester on paper have got a stinking finish. They've got they've got Newcastle at home, West Ham away, and then they finish off with Arsenal, Man City, and Chelsea as their last three. Um, Everton have Fulham away Ugh. and then they've got Man United Palace away Burnley and Tottenham to finish the season away Watford are home against Arsenal and then they're away at Huddersfield I hope that Huddersfield game doesn't come to bite them in the backside then they've got Southampton Wolves Chelsea and West Ham um, Watford look like the team apart who've probably got the best running to be honest but like you say with this FA Cup final and, and the annoying thing about Del Feo as well is it probably will fade away now for three or four games as he normally does and then has one bit of genius for one of the games, you know, in the running. But he's definitely not someone who who, who shows it every single week and he was frustrated because he got no, dropped in that game. Yeah, but I, I looked at the benches before the games and I thought Wolves had the stronger bench with, with more match winners, but that's that's not how it proved to be. You know, I mean, we were all surprised Del Feo wasn't starting, but obviously... It's not just an eleven-man game these days, and he's he's come on and won the game. And Wolves' subs weren't, weren't as a, weren't as effective, to be honest. Do you know what we all need, Tim? Mm. We all need a holiday to Marbella. Any chance of us going again? No. So uh, they're off to Marbs after Southampton. Yep. Um, second time there this season. I mean, look, if they've yeah. they got to an FA Cup final, then I think everybody will be saying, "Brilliant, love it, absolutely superb." Recharge your batteries. Is it? I'm sure there'll be a couple of people going, "Oh, what? They've gone again?" But I guess if money's not no object, but it but it's there to be to be used, maybe and, and they can get a positive result against Southampton. It's maybe a good time to take him away and take him out of it and get him recharged for the end of the season. Or do you think it's unnecessary? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call it unnecessary because there's obviously good reasons behind it. Um, I mean, the weather's getting warmer, um, so it, uh, obviously it's a lot warmer over there. It's an interesting one. I mean, it was it was I must stress it was planned, you know, a while ago. Um, a few weeks ago they had it in mind so it's, it's a good one for Nuno to, 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 to speak about tomorrow you know what are the reasons behind them going it suggests that they need freshening up um, it also suggests that the end of the season is very important um, in finishing as high as they can so it's an interesting one Hmm, very good. Um, should we take some emails from the peeps? Yeah. Do you want to do emails or should we do questions first? Up to you. Oh, no, we'll do questions. Go okay, questions first. Okay. Um, okay, right. Morgan Sanson, yay or nay? Plenty of people talking about Morgan Sanson and, and, and a, another big bid. Um, is this the first in a long line of, of, of potential targets or is it just speculation? Uh, told there's no interest at the moment. Zero at the moment. Mm. Interesting. Um, know much about the player? 
No, not a huge amount. No, I don't know too much about him either. Um, Lee Smith, do you think Foson's long-term plan will be to bring the women's team fully into the fold and challenge WSL and build an under-23s women's facility similar to Manchester City with a small stadium for their games? Uh, I think it's pretty low on the priority list at the moment, but it's certainly something that they should be looking into. And I know that they've looked at kind of expanding the training ground and having like a stand sort of like Man City do. So that would be that would be perfect really for under twenty threes games and women's football and it's um something I hope that they I hope that they develop. Uh Joseph Everton, uh, when will the pain end? If they well, if, if they beat Southampton on Saturday, everyone will be everyone will be back on track. I don't think they'll be back on track. I th- no, I, th- I think w- winning football games is the only cure, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. OK. Um, Nathan Lloyd, size and depth of the squad has been an issue this season, highlighted by the unfortunate last 10 minutes on Sunday. With that in mind, how do Wolves strengthen with quality, but also increase the numbers? Youth players, loan recalls? Well, this summer's going to be extremely interesting, and I wonder how how much Sunday's game will play on Nuno's mind when it comes to upgrading, really. I think the size of the squad, they're not gonna they're not gonna go out and sign ten players this summer and have a twenty five man squad, you know, we know that. So I think they're looking at upgrading and tinkering. And I think there'll be there'll be a couple of departures and I think Nuno's looking at that team now, he may have already made up his mind, looking at who who to upgrade on and improve on. Mm-hmm. And it's not a huge amount of room for manoeuvre in, in that first team. I think um, right centre-half is one that he'll be looking at, just judging on what he's done in the past. I'd say Bennett's position is vulnerable, or Sace might be there long-term, but I doubt it. Mm. You look at Dendonka, maybe, I don't know. Would he look to upgrade on someone like him, or does he think he's good enough to help Wolves get, the, get to where they want to be? Um, you see Cody getting beat for that third goal. You know, is um, does, does he want someone more of an expert centre-half in there? Mm. Um, the keeper situation, you know, has, has Patricia been good enough this season? I think he's fallen short of a few a few expectations. Um, but mostly you're looking at depth, and I think you're looking at that bench. Yeah. And Gibbs White has a big decision to make in the summer. Does he send him out on loan, or is he because he's not impacting on games enough at the moment? So what does he do with him? Costa couldn't even get off the bench on Sunday. It was very telling. Oh well, we said. I, think, I said afterwards. You might as well be on the bench now. He's just a passenger at the yeah, moment. Yeah, suggests suggests his time's coming to an end. We saw it with Bonatini, you know, gradually getting phased out. Uh, Cavalero missed missed a big chance in each Wolves' last three games. You know, he's Wolves' best finisher, but that hasn't proved to be the case, and it was costly. So, if you can get your money back on Costa now. Do you take it? Yeah, I, th- I think they would do. Yeah, so so they've Cavalero. Got to, they've got to look to upgrade. However, some of these players will improve as well. You've got to say that Vinagra's coming on leaps and bounds mm. despite not playing a huge amount of football. This season, Neves, we, we all presume will get better next year. I think with his certainly in terms of his consistency, Cody's improved as the season's gone on for me. Doherty's had an outstanding season. Jimenez had the season of his life. Jota's definitely an improving player and could go to the very top. I'm convinced of that if he continues with the form that he showed. So, so this team will improve as well. That's got to be taken into account. But I'm fascinated to see what what they do this summer and also in terms of expectations because. If they do manage to finish seventh and they've mm. got to an FA Cup semi-final, where do you go from there? You're deep but, running the competition, I think. But the, there's a ceiling ahead of them in terms of league position, yeah. you know, in terms of breaking into that top six. And the messages from the club this summer are going to be really, really interesting to me mm-hmm. because you've had mixed messages coming out of this club. You've got you've got Nuno, the most short-term manager I've ever met in terms of what he says, 
game at a time, does not look further ahead, will never talk about the league table or league position or aspirations, never. Then you go to Jeff Shee, who says they want to win the Premier League in the next five to ten years. I'm sure he loves that. Um, you've got Jimenez in his press conference last week, not pointing the finger at all, but just just stating the facts. You know, he said, um, "Why wh- there's no reason we can't fight for Champions League next season," is what Jimenez said. And then you've got Laurie Darimple, who's kind of very pragmatic and, and very keen to keep a lid on things. I think, however, he's he's his ambitions, you know, chime with Wolves's. So, what are the messages going to be coming out of the club this summer? Is it going to be we're aiming for top half again? Um, cup run we'll see where they are in terms of European football or is it going to be we're, we're, we're aiming for top six and they're going to spend 100 million and try and, try and gate crest that top six because it'd be very hard like I said to replicate what they've done this season it's certainly in terms of results against the big teams I think that'll be an issue next year however you've then got the bottom six should, to have, work had, on. should have had six points mm-hmm. against Huddersfield and look where they potentially be with that so It'll be very interesting to see a how much they spend and b what the kind of club's targets are for next season. Do you think that Nuno, just from, from a managerial point of view, if you put targets out there and they fail to reach them, that that becomes a failure, and so he doesn't want any targets out there um, or to be asked about any well, targets? I mean, as far as I as far as I gather, the club's target for this season was was top ten finish. That was the target. Now it looks it looks looking pretty good for that to be secured, unless unless they drop off for the rest of the uh, rest of the season. I think. Seventh is more than they expected. I don't think I don't think anyone expected it to go this well this season. So so where do they go from here? They're already ahead of schedule. They were supposed to be getting promoted from the championship this season. That was the target. So they're already they're they're ahead of schedule. And I'm sure I'm sure there'll be an issue there. Definitely be an issue there for Nuno in terms of managing expectations. If they do do um, and concentrate on the cups next year, um, we talked about Ruddy a little bit in the final. Uh, three goals let in. You know, I don't think you can put the blame specifically on any of the any of the goals. And we you, you can argue with Patricio was in there. Would he have commanded his box better? Probably not. However, would he have maybe stopped because he is a great shot stopper? Maybe one of those two. We can talk and talk and talk for days about it. But when it comes to the cup competitions, which they got knocked out against Leicester at home, um, and you know they chopped and changed. With, with, with the FA Cup, obviously he stuck Ruddy in and, and was right the way through. Is it now time to right? We're going to go for the cups. We're going to play our strongest side. This is it now. We're not we're not going to we're not going to go down this route of of giving other people a game here and there. I'm not sure it made much difference okay. to be honest. I don't think if you look at Ruddy's and Patricio's form, Patricio was was exceptional against Man United, but that was that hasn't been the case for a few months now. I don't think there's been a huge amount of difference between Ruddy and Patricio this season personally, mm-hmm. and. It's a strange phenomenon, as we said last week, playing playing your backup keeper in the cups. But it works. It's worked for Watford, and it's it's not um, there's not just twenty goalkeepers in the Premier League. You know, there's um, there's lots and lots of good second and third choice keepers this year, and you've got to keep them happy. I've got, you've got to keep them happy, I, especially a character like John Ruddy. Yeah, a really important figure in the dressing room, and I think it's worked out quite well in the cup this season. And I know he had that howler against Shrewsbury, but made the worldy save against Liverpool that, that kept him in in the third round. Mm. And I thought he did really well at Bristol City when they were under the cosh. So I, 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 I personally don't point the finger at him for for the goals on Sunday. I tell you what, if it had gone to penalties with that team that was out there, I wouldn't have fancied Wolves' chances. No, 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 because it often goes with momentum, doesn't mm. it, and, and confidence. But but no, we were redeeming. Mean, the first one's an exceptional finish. Oh, stunning! That, that that not many players would think to do, let alone execute. But some people were were, were blaming for that goal. I couldn't no. quite believe that. No, There's no it, way it, you it can't nowhere. legislate for that. It was an exceptional goal, and penalty is the penalty. And then the third one, I think he's, he's hit it quite early across him, and you could argue he didn't quite get down quick enough. But 
I think you're splitting hairs, really. I think I think you see you see that goal time and time again. You know that you, you've got to cover your near post, and that's pretty much the only way that he can finish and score. And he did it with with a plum, really. Yeah, um, you've got to look at the defence there. Delafoe's run, run from deep. Yeah, and managed to get managed to get a free shot away from twelve yards. So I was I was listening to you to your excellent answer, Tim, and then got my my eye was caught by um, our work experience kid um, in the corner who's listening very very quietly. Um, with with the great the great well, well he's not going to listen noisily is he the great well you know he's he's not he's not making sounds like the last kid um, black shoes and white socks combo it's a good combo you can't black shoes and white socks what's your, what's your name Daniel Daniel speak up Daniel for the for the for the microphone Daniel now Daniel sat sat in on our podcast yesterday I didn't say you could sit down. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Wow. Um, so, so yeah, you, know, you, sp- you were on our podcast yesterday. Uh, we did the West Brom podcast yesterday. Yeah. I asked Daniel, listen to this. Uh, listen to this, Daniel, Daniel. What football team do you support? None. This is a sports journalist, by the way. None. What? He's got no football allegiance. What? I was like, are you having a giraffe? Are you a football fan? Yeah. I so don't you- only watch football, but yeah. Have you ever? Have you ever heard that before? Uh, I mean, I've heard of split allegiances and no one having a proper team, Mister. Wow! Jude. But uh, maybe that's the best way to be. You see, I mean, I'm absolutely staggered. Absolutely staggered. So, also, I mean, you want to break into you're doing sports journalism. At, where are you doing it? Staffordshire Uni. Staffordshire Uni. Um, what's your name? Sorry, Daniel. Daniel. That's it. I'll forget that again in about 15 minutes. That's it, right time. Down. Yeah, I'll write it down. Um, now, Daniel. Um, obviously, you can have a very um, you know, a Hotmail or a Gmail account for your, for, you know, for your email because obviously yeah. professionally you're trying to break into the industry. What's your email address? Please, please speak into the microphone so people can hear you. Do you know it? Please, please speak into the microphone. I, you know. Well, technically it's d.holes13 at gmail.com. But what is it? What's the, what's the email address that you wrote it, to the Express and Star with? It's linked to my YouTube, which I created for my course. Okay, please speak um, louder. So it's Holsey's Clobber. Holsey's Clobber, Holsey's Clobber, and what what's Holsey's Clobber when it's um? It was a YouTube channel that I created about like clothes and stuff. Right. Okay. So you create this YouTube channel, and you say was because it's is it now defunct? I haven't done it in a while just because time and that. But well, judging yeah. by the clobber of, of of white white socks and black shoes, I'm not surprised. These to be aren't my shoes technically. Though, I mean, it's so. it's it's the pedestrian crossing look really. It's it's white shirt. <laughs> Black trousers, white <laughs> socks, and black shoes. I, mean, I quite like it. <laughs> I think we need to take a picture of that. <laughs> Sit down, please. Uh, what's your name again? Daniel. Thank you. Wow. Sit back down. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. That's work experience guy. That's the segment done. Work Expo kid. Sorted out. Cross that off the list. Right. Um, email. Send me with some emails, Bebe. Is that it for questions? We're not. No, we've got a few more. Do you want, do you want a couple more? Yeah, go on. Okay. Um, what did Amatraore says? Julie benefit from being sent out on loan to get regular starts to improve his game. Oh, I mean, this guy just continues to be an enigma. Oh, it's so frustrating. I mean, he's been so good against Cardiff and Burnley at wing back, and he had the beating of Hollybass for fun. Hollybass was on a booking. He was tired. Traore beat him, I think, four or five times, and his end product just wasn't there. Incredibly frustrating. I'm not sure a loan would make a difference, to be honest. I, I, I think you need Nuno on his case to get the best out of him if, we, if we're going to see it next season. Um, a lot of people asking, so let, let, let's cover it now, um, about season tickets and the increases that um, yeah. were announced yesterday. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, 70, 80, 90 pounds for some people. I mean, it's a mixed reception. What, where, where do you see it? It's, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. I understand from the club's point of view that they've got to make money and Fosun have spent £100 million in the last year alone on transfers, which you've got to take into account. The argument from a lot of fans I saw yesterday was the increase will only generate an extra kind of million or two 
Um, and that doesn't go very far in terms of Wolves' finances. However, their customers, right, watching a product, a product that's got immeasurably better in the past couple of years, that's the way that Wolves will look at it. I would argue that a 50% increase in ticket prices from two seasons ago to next season, sorry, from last season to next season, we're talking 2017-18 season, I think behind the goals around 350 quid, that's now going to be about 520 next season. It's a big increase for people who can't afford it, especially for families, you know, two adults, two kids, Yeah. plus your £6 booking fee, it all kind of adds up. It's a lot, it's a lot, a lot of money. And do you know what? Some fans will be priced out by this. And that's a tragedy that that fans have watched Wolves outside the Premier League for the best part of four decades dreaming of Wolves being in this position. And now that Wolves are in this position, they can't afford to go. Or certainly can't afford to go regularly every week. With the amount of money that's generated in and around the product of the Premier League and, and the TV coverage and, and, and all the money that comes in, could or, or would it have been discussed, would it have been... A thank you to fans to to freeze ticket prices potentially, but uh, I mean this is all set by by Fosun, who are an investment firm who want a return on their investment ultimately, and they're not um, they're not going to give them away for free, and they've got a waiting list of five thousand, so they know that they can sell them even if they increase the price. How big now is that's, that? That's cardhold business facts and football and business don't always marry together or they don't really make sense to they a lot of the time. I see it from Wolves' point of view and I also see, I'm not sitting on the fence here but I see it I see it from the fans' point of view as well and I know a few fans who won't be able to go. However, it's a product, it's the Premier League, there's a lot of money involved and Wolves can sell those tickets even so, if they put the price up. So if Wolves continue to doing well off the, on the pitch then we can expect prices to go up. If Wolves had finished 14th this year and been knocked out of both mm. cup competitions, would they have still announced the same prices? I'd say what the, what the timing was interesting. I mean, I bet they were hoping to go in on the back of a, an FA Cup semi-final Absolutely. win. Not that they need to, because like I said, they'll sell these anyway. They've got a cap of 22,500 season tickets and they will all go this summer, despite the price increase. But to go up 30% last year and 14% this year, it's a lot. They were starting at a low base. Their championship prices were very competitive. So... I understand from the business point of view they've got to raise prices, but I think a lot of fans are kind of saying, you know, uh, yeah, our loyalty should be rewarded a bit more, really, and a price freeze would have gone down very well and still made Wolves a lot of money. Um, but until they really sort out their corporate side of it, where the big bucks comes in, then it's it's the fans who will get slightly fleeced, I suppose. Um, but it's like I said, it's a real shame. I know a lot of people who won't be able to go. If and when they, 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 they make this big... Um Big South Bank, you know, double the size, almost cop cop esque, and, and and you know, increase the the capacity of the stadium. Will then the potential of prices to you see of season tickets to reduce, or, or are you just going to keep on going it's with it? It's a question for Laurie Dorimple, isn't it, and Jeff Shee, because if they're going to um, expand the stadium, they've got to pay for it. Um, it's a business at the end of the day, and like I said, this is kind of the cold, hold, cold hard reality of the Premier League. However, you look you look at someone like Man City. I mean, I know that they give away um, give away. They sell two thousand tickets for about three hundred quid. Yeah, and something like that maybe is a bit of a as a bit of a gesture to those who can't afford it. I would also I would also add that the um, the kids' prices are fantastic. They've frozen those one hundred and fifty quid if you're under seventeen. Uh, that's eight pound a game, and if you're under twelve, it's fifty quid, which is three pound sixty a game. Wow. Now that's phenomenal. So you you've got to add that in there as well. Um, but yeah, you, you, your ordinary kind of working class fan will be will be priced out by 
more than five five hundred quid a year just for tickets because there's so much more expense that goes on top of that as well. And then you throw in every fixture being changed, the dates being changed, awkward kickoff times, travel, travel food, away day travel, drink. potential European travel as well. I mean, this is yeah. a, a huge investment of, of people's mm-hmm. wages. You know, when you when you come to think of it exactly is. what it is. is, it's amazing. It is. In fact, I'm sure if if anyone's listening who've maybe gone to all the away games this season and all the home games and how much they've spent this year, it'd be interesting to see how much exactly they've spent if they could work it out because it totally. is a lot of money. Totally. But then you know you read the statement that Wolves put out yesterday and Laurie Dorrimple, you know, making a point of saying how much Foson are investing in, in the club and how much the, the club is improving on and off the field. And they're a business at the end of the day, and I'm sure that that's what they'll say. Fo- okay, they're asking fans to invest a lot of money, but Fosun have invested an incredible amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I know it's I know it's very different, but I think the the bottom the bottom line is it's a it's a lot more to the fans in terms of the percentage of their income than it is to Fosun um, for an extra one to two million. Yeah, exactly. So a, a, a gesture would have been nice. I mean, there's a gesture with the kids' prices, but. They've got to make money at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's always is a tough one. And it's it not, not just one. Wolves. It's with, with, with plenty of other clubs as well. Um, Matthew, will Wolves break their transfer record again this summer? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 I think there'll be a few loans this summer. I mean, they love the loan market and they've used it so well. But um, but I'm sure they'll be spending big as well. Uh, I'm trying to think anything else. Uh, no, I think we're... No, we're good. We're good. Let's get let's get some emails, Bebe. Yeah, some good emails this week. Uh, we'll start with Amar M. Uh, where do we go after Sunday? He says, mm. Mass Wolf. This is. <clears throat> uh, was it complacency? He says towards the end of the ninety minutes. Was it players playing the occasion more than the game? Was it the substitutions? Um, he says, I'd, I'd also like to... Are you summarising this email? Or is yeah, I thought I'd say 99 times, 99 times of 100, we shut up shop towards the end of the game and would have got us a victory. Complacency, I mean, I don't think so. I think, it, I mean, it's very pointed that Wolves have only ever lost once under Nuno when taking the lead. And that was at Cardiff away when they went 1-0 up this season and lost 2-1. It doesn't happen. And to be 2-0 up and lose mm. is incredible, really. And as Mass Wolf says, 99 times, 99 times out of 100... But what's what's the one what's the one difference about this game? I mean, it was a huge occasion in the semi final at Wembley, and there was, sure. so, there was so much to lose. Yeah. So I think you've got to say that a bit of panic must have set in amongst the players. But otherwise, it's unexplainable. For sure. Because Wolves just don't throw away leads like that. And Watford were a huge price to to go through. I think at that time. I think the occasion itself. I mean, they started really well on the front foot. They were confident. They could have scored inside scored tw- inside twenty seconds. But it's more that I guess the realization. I mean, that they had one foot in the final. And they would have known that. They would have known how long was left. And then all of a sudden that one goal from Watford and the fear grips grips mm. the players. It, 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 that's the only way I can explain it. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Paul Mansell uh, asks how we are. Are we both holding up okay? Stead's, mate. Stead's poor. But we'll, we'll, get, we'll get our mojo back. It just might take a little bit of time. He says, I feel the reaction to this defeat is different to previous important semi-final defeats, as in playoff defeats to Bolton, Palace, Norwich and West Bromwich Albion. More of them to come, by the way, in Abuse of the Week. Um, <laughs> they felt really crushing as it was the culmination of a season's worth of work. They all felt so terminal. Whereas this defeat, although absolutely gutting, feels like it's given us a taste of where we could get to if we continue to improve. Would you agree? Yeah, there's, def- there's definitely a point for saying that. There was, a, there was, a, there was a, a school of thought from a lot of people after the game that this is the first of many. Um, more to come, hopefully. Certainly big occasions. We, we all hope so. And... It does hurt, but Nuno's got to use that hurt, I think, and use that 
use the pain and how close they were to, to motivate them to for that not to happen again. You yep. Know, next season. Yeah, good email, good email. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And Craig Maudsley, another one of our regulars. Ah, Maudmeister. As I reflect upon Ivan Cavalera breaking our hearts on Sunday, <laughs> it got me wondering about which Wolves players have the greatest or least disparity between the performance on the pitch and the song in the stands. Oh, goodness me. Both now and in recent history. Dot, 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 never gives the ball away, as the song goes. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's had a bad week. I yeah, mean, you, you identified three. It was three in, a, three in a week, wasn't it? Burnley away, should have scored. Man United at home, hit the bar, although it didn't matter. And then this one, I mean, he loves that roll over the foot thing. Nuno took it well. <laughs> if anyone yeah. missed Nuno, he smashed two water bottles when he saw what Cav did. Uh and like you said, it was probably no chances left. You didn't think there was going to be a chance, and a chance no, like that. No, see it coming. It was, it was Just shoot, just had to shoot. Just shoot, man. Um, it's a good point. I mean, it's a very catchy song that he's got there. Which yeah. He starts singing. Um, it was disappointing that there's a couple of couple of really good players in this team that don't have songs. Like? Well, Connor Cody's a bit of a hero, really. Captain of the team, he doesn't have one. True. Well, Connor, Connor Cody. Oh, Kevin Green. Connor Connor Cody. Surely uh, Dendonka's got to have one. Leo Den Donker. <laughs> uh, Richard Brook makes You should a have one. Of, where's, where's your where's your song? <laughs> Spears is a banker is my song, <laughs> as I heard before the cup semi on Sunday. <laughs> I was on the phone to I just we, we had we had trouble getting away, didn't we? We did. We were being accosted in a lovely way by lots of people. They were very nice, very nice. And uh, I was trying to find trying to find my dad, I really wanted to see him before the game, and I was on the phone to him and I was walking at Wembley Way and all of a sudden these <laughs> Four or five pissheads just start seeing <laughs> Spears, you're a white <laughs> <laughs> Nailed oh, it, nailed it. Uh, Richard Brooke makes a couple of good points on email. He says, do you think the mask celebration will have been tolerated by Nuno? My initial thought when I saw it was, hold on, we haven't won this yet. Uh, I, don't, I don't think... I wonder if they cleared it with him beforehand. Yeah, I don't think they would have cleared it with him. But, you know, players... I think, I think Nuno allows the players to express themselves and wanting to do that, and that's fine. It's not as if it was a complete surprise. There was a big build-up to it. He showed the no. mask. He put it on Instagram or Twitter, whatever he did. And, you know, so he knew it was there. Um, look, like I say, we won't be talking about this if they'd won the game. Uh, during the game, there were two VAR referrals for a red card. <laughs> Any idea what that was about? I mean, that was confusing. I didn't have a clue what was going on at the time, I must say. Um... It was Jimenez and Delafeo went head to head, yeah, and that's what they were checking. However, they didn't announce that they were checking it until the play had restarted. Correct, which is very confusing. And then they repeated that announcement about a minute later. Absolutely dreadful. Even more confusing, especially no, when they're losing as well. At that point, nobody knew what the hell was going on. Uh, Gareth Ratty, uh, Rattigan, another one of our lovely regulars. Yeah, um, will failure to finish seventh be deemed as a failure? Due to the high expectations, I think it will be a disappointment, but not a failure, because the season target was top ten. I know we're gunning for seventh. I don't know. I think failure is too strong a word, personally. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, not failure. Like you say, disappoint, disappointment, especially after we got it all, haven't we? A week ago, got it all. Semi-final, potential final. Yeah. You know, race for seventh, and but now I- we, now we, now you're banking on. On it being an amazing, it would still be if Wolves got seventh and got European football, it would be an amazing season. It would it an would. amazing season, something to celebrate. Um, I just think it'll be a little bit deflate, slightly deflating. Slightly, it shouldn't be, but I think, because it's of the high standards they've set themselves. I think that uh, that if they weren't to finish seventh, I think that that deflating feeling wouldn't wouldn't last long. Personally, in my opinion, I think there's um, everyone can see how far this club has come in two years, and, and it mustn't be forgotten. And they're on a journey, and 
a lot of the talk from the club is that they're only at the start of this journey. Yeah. Laurie Dorimple said that again yesterday. So there's um, there's amazement at how well they're doing. And top, top 10 finish would be a big achievement, I think, overall. And, and to have their star strikers signed up to the, to the golden number t- yeah, 2023. Exactly. You know, these players are going to be here for some time. Um, an interesting email looking ahead to Southampton. That will make, make this the last one, I think. We've got loads of good emails this week. Please keep them coming. I'm really sorry that we haven't got time to read them all now. Mm. However, I think this is a new name in Hugh Ooh. Price. Huey Price. Huey. Uh, he's been living Dewey in, and in, in Italy for nearly 15 years now. Love it. And says our content is the first place he goes to for all things Wolves. Oh, yeah. Cheers, Huey boy. Cheers, Hugh. He makes a good point. Reflecting on your comments in Poddy 116 about this probably being the perfect season. Mm-hmm. Now, this was written before the semi-final. Okay. However, it's still relevant. It reminded me of a conversation with my Southampton sports supporting mate a few months ago. He effectively warned me to enjoy it while it lasts, following their perfect seasons, quote-unquote, between 2013-16, when they twice experienced European football. Obviously, they they came up from League One. Mm-hmm. Was it successive promotions, was it? Or something, something near that. Um, from these highs, they twice lost excellent managers, Pochettino and Koeman. Regularly sold their best players, Shaw, Lalana, Mane, Ricky Lambert. Uh, Ricky! 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 Ricky, you tart. Ricky! Suffering some fairly uninspiring... Work Expo kid has got no idea what's <laughs> going on. We're, we're, we're at a quiet Albion podcast. He's walked into this and gone, what the hell are you two doing? Um, so yeah, making the point, they lost two excellent managers, lost some good players, and then suffered some fairly uninspiring football under Puel, Pellegrino and Hughes, and now facing a battle against relegation. You've touched on it plenty of times before, but I think Nuno is key to our rapid transformation in the past two years and the perfect season we're currently enjoying. It's imperative that we keep him. I personally think he'll respect his existing deal until a massive club comes in for him. But what are the chances of him and his staff actually extending their contracts further? Likewise, DC has been able to keep the current squad together, particularly the likes of Jota, Neves, who would probably get in most league sides at the moment. Uh, And finally, any chance of offering a new contract to Moutinho? Um, I had a great interview with Moutinho before the semi-final. Mm. Fantastic it was. Completely blew me away. Blew you. Do you know how I never spoke to the guy? Uh, he said hello, Tim, when he came over. Really? I nearly fell over. Wowza. Yeah, that was to, that was to Tim Nash. Hey! No, no, that was, uh, that was lovely. And um, hey, do you know what? You, this guy on this on the on the pitch, he exudes um, quality and class and, and 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 guile, and he's a cool customer and doesn't get rattled, and doesn't really smile in particular either. No. Like post match celebrations or whatever. Right, so that was my expectation of him as quite a standoffish, cool cucumber. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be any different. This really? guy is the epitome of a cheeky scamp. Is he? He is five foot seven, and he plays uh, up to this. Football heaven, and he plays up to the. the he's the he's the um, he's the Joker in the dressing room. We spoke to Connor Cody before Matinho, and someone asked him about Matinho, and he said, um, "Yeah, he's he's the Joker of the changing room." Basically, he said him and he's constantly trying to wind up Ruben Vinagra, and they've got a little like double act going on. Love it. And um, he's always turned little things like turning the showers cold instead of hot, and and then. Oh, you little tinker! And he was like, you know, giggling away. It was totally the opposite of what I thought, but. A Lovely guy, yeah. Um, unbelievable English. The start of the season was quite, it was kind of suggested to me that oh no, 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 no interviews for, for, for Matinho. You know yeah. his English isn't great. Um, two minutes in, he uses the word irreverent. Wow, right. <laughs> oh, Which I had to look up in the dictionary. <laughs> um, 
phenomenal English. A great character. Right. Really, really nice guy. So what's happened to the other um, 32 league games where he's just gone past you and looked down <laughs> the floor and gone, I mean, not speak English? No, I just, I just think he can't be bothered with interviews, to be honest. But once you actually sit him down, yeah, he was he was great. And he, and he was speaking about wanting to stay, very happy in England, very happy at Wolves, a, a born winner. And um, I can see him staying, staying a little bit longer, to be honest. But uh, Hugh makes a really good point here. Yeah, Southampton had, had an amazing few years. And then it all fell apart mm. once they lost those those key figures, you know, key players and, and the two managers. There's definitely a concern for me that once Nuno leaves, you know, where do Wolves go? I'd be fascinated to know if they had a, if they had a succession plan in place. You know, if Nuno goes, who's next? I, I um, would be I would be amazed if they didn't, Tim. To be honest, because you don't know if someone's going to come. You know, and I'm sure he will be linked with jobs over the summer. Now. I'm th- I'm pretty sure he'll be with Wolves yeah. for one more season at least. But. This got it's got to come, and if, if he gets a huge club coming in for him, and let's say a Chelsea or or someone like that, um, you know, he's, yeah, he's, totally, he'd be a fool to go to Chelsea, and I think he's I think he's too what? clever to do that because they they dispense with managers after a few months, and and you know he'll 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 want to build something there and build a project if he were to go. I think there's only a limited amount of clubs that he would leave Wolves for at this moment in time. Go on then, name well, them. Well, well, if you well. You could probably pick most of the top six. Like I said, he'd be fooled to go to Chelsea, but but they may be able to tempt him. The top six in England. I think you look at Spain. He's been at he's been at Valencia and finished fourth. I think he's been there, done that. I don't think he'd I don't think he'd leave Wolves for kind of Valencia or Sevilla. Kind probably of team. top three, right? So Atletico, Real, and uh, and Barcelona. Yeah, th- yeah, and I don't think either of those three clubs are looking for a new manager this no. summer now. So. Italy or Germany, I don't know. Would they come calling for Nuno? It's not really a well-trodden path, is it, for Premier League managers to be plucked over there in Serie A and Bundesliga? Mm. So I think um, I think there's a there's a small amount of clubs that he would um, that he would leave Wolves for, and I don't I don't see that happening this summer personally. But there's definitely an issue there. I think if he stays, it helps the players stay as well. If he was to leave, you'd be looking at Neves and Jota would probably be looking to get out of there because they can. They're, they're aiming for. For Champions League, for sure. that's where they belong. Yeah. I'm convinced of that, and they're still developing at this moment in time. But when they're 24, 25, imagine, oh, imagine how good that they could be. I so, get just on a ten-year deal, honestly. Yeah, so there's there's definitely an issue there, but I don't think it, I don't think it'll be an issue this summer. I think uh, I think everyone's here for another year, personally. I agree. Are we here for another year? Uh, we'll wait and see. See, okay. we get see we get chucked out. Okay. Yeah, that'll do. Good emails. Thank you very much. Very, very good emails. Say what I did on Sunday, Tim, to drown my sorrows. On Monday morning, actually, it was in the end. Did some DIY around the house. Did you? I did. I did some DIY around the house to help the missus put up a few shelves, put a few cupboards. Um, and do you, know, do, you know, do you know what products I used? Go on. Products from Wolverhampton Building Supplies, our podcast sponsor. They've got three delivery vehicles off the same day and next day reliable deliveries from fitting an outside tap to building a complete house. They provide all the materials you need at the best local cost. A family-run business that's small enough to care and big enough to cope. That is Wolverhampton Building Supplies. Go and see Simon. He'll give you a great deal on all the equipment you need. Right. Um, It's time for, and there was plenty of it, from a certain um, club following the full-time whistle. It is... Abuse of the week. Abuse of the week. Abuse of the week. Ka 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 ka. Abuse of the week. Um, 
Mr. Timothy Spears, Wolverhampton Wanderers reporter extraordinaire, can you give me what abuse you received on social media this week? I can. I can and I will. Surprising abuse this week. Wasn't ex- wasn't expecting this. Um, West Bromwich Albion as a club, not in a great place right now. Um, I was uh, covered um, covered both games at Millwall and um, and Bristol City. Lucky you. Mm. And they lost two nil to Millwall on Saturday. They did. And their fans have not been um, too noisy on social media with, with me recently. You know they haven't got much to to shout about. Right. However, as the game unfolded um, in front of our eyes, yes, on Sunday, yes. Um, it's hard to avoid Twitter timeline because it's just right there. And first goal went in. Mm-hmm. Second goal went in. Boom. And there's more and more uh, fans of a, of a certain club. Oh, uh, second goal went in for Watford. You're talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. Twi- tweeting me. Right. Um, to express their delight. Oh, so they were following you then? And pleasure. Right. Um, at Wolves' capitulation, mm. uh, which culminated in uh, a tweet at full time. Right. The result of the game. In which I was very upset. <laughs> I was stunned. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't emotional. Uh, just stunned. Upset really. at the abuse or upset at the game? No, at the game. Right. Yes. It was more emotional before the game, really. I, just I agree. At, at I the agree. occasion and the noise and everything. And, I agree. And but after the game, stunned silence. I literally didn't know what to say, to be honest. And it was a struggle to put together eight pages for the following day's paper. I have to say, <laughs> uh, it's just hard. It's hard to write. Uh, what the hell just happened? So full time, I just took a tweet out saying full time. Uh, I have no words. Yes. Uh, did other people have words, Tim, for you? Yes, I did. <laughs> Gary Priest. These are, as far as I know, these are all West Bromwich Albion fans. Okay. Uh, so I said, uh, I've got no words. Gary Priest says good because you talk shite anyway. Excellent. Uh, Andy Lefevre. Ha 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 ha. There's a lot of this. Okay. Ha 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 ha. Where's your capital letters, Tim, you twat? Wow. Uh, Tate Ellison, LOL, you banker. Uh, ben Gainham says, F off, you twat. Uh, Alf, West Bromwich Albion, V3, says, F off, Tim, lad. Smee says, F off, you new no. Oh. Um, penis. Oh. Um. <laughs> Come on, man, I've got to do this. Fellatioing C-bomb. Okay, well done, well <laughs> That'll done. That'll do, not it? Yeah, that's well done, yeah. I'm still okay. I'm still topping and tailing this. Jake Fitzpatrick says, um, F off, you P-R-I-C-K. Yeah. Andy Warner, get your wrestler's mask on, nice but dim. Excellent. Brad, West Bromwich Albert says, ha, 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 you utter plum. James, uh, after a season having to put up with your unprofessionalism. Oh. Well, you don't have to put up with it, James. You could just not follow me. True. Unprofessionalism, goading, and arrogance. The beautiful irony of today is that your own team did all our talking for us, he says, in quite a long tweet, ironically. Right, right. Uh, safe trip home, Tim Pot Tim. Tim Pot Tim. Um, yeah, there you go. There Excellent you go. I news. Have, I have nothing to add at all, but uh, enjoy the championship next season. So, yeah, let's go. I got, I got, I got, I got a nice one um, from, from yesterday saying... Um, tell your mate at Induda Star to, to F off back to reporting on them Dingle Bar Stewards down the road. He ain't welcome in West Brom. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, you know, we love everyone, don't we? We love everyone. And no. yeah, there's a bit of banter. Nope. You don't? Don't love everyone. No? Any blocks from Sunday? No, 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 no. No blocks? Just take it? 
rather not give them the time of day, except for in this section, of course. Yeah, very much so. Yes, thank you very much. Um, that's why we are not award-winning. Southampton away <laughs> yeah. on Saturday. Can't wait for this one. Really looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. Nice yeah. ground. Have you been there before? Yeah, I've been to St Mary's. Yeah, it's a very nice ground. Middle of nowhere, but it's press, a nice ground. Press before? Uh, no, no. I've just done. Um, just been as a fan. I remember I was on my own last year for the Carabao Cup game. Yeah, I was uh, going down there on an evening night, mate. No, you can on your own <laughs> And, uh, yeah, great press facility. Is it? Yeah, really good position and good Wi-Fi. Food? Disappointed by the way at Wembley food-wise on Saturday. I was a little bit disappointed, underwhelmed. Yeah. A little bit of pork and a bit of cheese <laughs> and celery. Kidding? So we get given uh, roast pork yeah. with gravy, fine roast potatoes. Well, I didn't touch them car-wise. And, and vegetables. Mm. And then there's a side option of... Um, of grape and Stilton salad. Yeah, strange one. And uh, was it sticky toffee pudding for dessert? I don't know. I didn't all, have the pudding. All the coffee you, you you can muster. Lots of different variations of teas. And, and this mixes. this isn't good enough. And it's all for free. And this isn't good enough for you. Well, it's not for free. We're working. It is so for we, free. Need to be, we need to be winding down. Yeah, you didn't pay for that for that food. There was no sit down option. There was there. Right. Well, I was very grateful, actually. Thanks thanks to Wembley. Well, you uh, were after where you were <laughs> the night before. <laughs> Dixie Chicken 2 in London. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah, dear. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, to getting back on the pitch, back on the horse. Are you going to say back uh, on the pitch? Get <laughs> <laughs> back on it. Let's, <laughs> no, let's see what they can do. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I mean, Southampton will be up for it. We know that. Well, like you say, and you said it um, at the start, of the start of the podcast, those first 10 minutes are going to be mm. very interesting. Yeah. And, and not only those first 10 minutes, an hour before the game will be interesting yep. to yep. see what team he picks um, yep. and does, whether does he's he freshen it up. It up. Yep. I would say... That he will pretty much go with that starting team again. Patricio comes in goal. I would say the one change he may make, although he probably won't, is that Vinagra might be pushing for a for a call. Yes. Well, you know, Bennett's Bennett's one who may come in. He's been a lot. I would I would say perhaps not. Vinagra for Johnny. I completely agree. Would be the one. I, I'm really excited about this kid. He's turned twenty this week. Mm-hmm. I think next season we'll see him and Johnny. Uh, share the load a bit more perhaps and horses for courses in terms of what games who plays what games but I thought he had a nice little cameo at Wembley as well actually and put a, and and did what Traore couldn't and put a couple of decent crosses in the box so yeah maybe maybe um, it's how it's how they've all been in training this week I'm sure it's been a real tough week in training yeah has to and be and you want them to you, they're going to be gutted but you want them to be gutted you don't want them to not care and be all boisterous you know what I mean you want no, them to be course, down in down absolutely in and, you know there may be a couple of couple of knocks knocking around there'll certainly be some tired legs so a, a big decision for Nuno really but like you say the start of the game it's going to be fascinating because they'll be up for it you know Cardiff Cardiff got Burnley away on Saturday Burnley now got a little bit of breathing room yeah they have after that, winning at Bournemouth yeah. it's certainly one for Cardiff to target although they've only got six games to save themselves so they'll be targeting every game however they've got Man City and another big team in their last six games oh, I'm sure they're so, down but five points between them and Southampton Southampton have got you know they need another couple of wins and and you know they'll be absolutely pumped for this game and they'll see Wolves as let's, let's take advantage of this now absolutely right absolutely right and they're, they're in you know Picked up a couple of good results recently, and it won't be an easy game. No, it will not. And it's all about 
it's not all about who wants it more, but that's going to play a big part of it because if Southampton are massively motivated for this game, then Wolves have got to match them mm-hmm. in that regard and then let their quality shine through because we don't we don't want the season to peter out from here. No. We really don't. And the, I know the players don't want that either. Nobody wants that. They don't want to finish in 11th. It would still be a good season overall and you'd have taken it in August. However, from the position they've been in, they've been in 7th for so long, they won't want to let this peter out now. So hopefully we see a reaction and a response and a rejuvenated Wolves, although it will be a very tough uh, tough ask to do that. Certainly will do. Um, right, we'll finish off with uh, predictions for Southampton against Wolverhampton Wanderers. First prediction, I'll go to, to Work Expo Kid. Uh, Mr. Zebrook, that's it, Daniel, sorry, Daniel. Um, Daniel, who doesn't support a football team. Daniel, can you give me a prediction for Southampton against Wolverhampton Wanderers, please? Uh, you have to shout it from over there. I'm going to say... Take your time, we've got all day. I think both teams are going to score. Right, okay. I didn't ask for analysis, I asked for a score prediction. Wow. 2 2. 2 2? First goal scorer? Southampton. Southampton, excellent. There you go. Southampton. Anything more from Southampton? 2 2. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with Daniel. Daniel. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be a draw. I'm going to say 1 1. I am back in Wolves. To Come on, Tim! I love it. Lose two one, I think. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 I think um, I, I think they can sneak a one nil and get a rare clean sheet because they are they are rare these days. But I'm back in Patricia to have a good game, and maybe we'll see a repeat of West Ham away, a little Troy Row winner. Oh, um, hello! But yeah, I think I think um, second half, someone from the bench to do something decent. Wolves to win one nil. My spirits have been raised slightly from the start of this podcast to the end. Good. I think we've got we've got back over, so, over the hill. There's so, so, so much to be happy and proud about of this team at the moment. Can't forget that. It hurts, but Wolves will be stronger for it and they're going to do special things in the next few years. I'm convinced of that. Excellent. Uh, fingers crossed three points on Saturday. Myself and Tim and Joe Edwards will be at St Mary's from non-football supporting Daniel, from Tim, from myself. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>